Welcome to Courage and Spice. This is the podcast for humans with self-doubt. I'll share evidence-based resources and teach you proven coaching tools to help you transcend your self-doubt. I'm Sass Petherick, a master coach and founder of the Self-Belief Coaching Academy. I'm so glad you're here. Let's do this. Well, hello there. Welcome back to Courage and Spice. I want to talk to you today about the difference between information and transformation. And I want to do that in the context of the conversations I've been having over the last week. I've just opened Self-Belief School. So I've run this workshop, a free workshop called the Self-Belief Matrix. We had over 500 people sign up. It was so fun to teach my model of self-doubt, of of really kind of blowing out of the water this quite outdated model of self-doubt as a self-sabotaging inner critic and really looking at this from different angles. And because I've run that workshop, I've had a lot of feedback from people who attended and and more questions from folks who are interested in joining me in self-belief school. And a lot of those questions have been similar. So I wanted to talk about this in a way that helps bring this to life for you. And for anyone who has worked with a coach or has had coaching in the past, is thinking about working with a coach, I want to share what I think is the real difference between coaching that's a nice conversation that can sometimes be super helpful just to have a space to talk about your life and make some sense of it. Like the difference between that and coaching that's transformational. And I want to start by just saying, like, we don't tend to grow or change or expand our self-concept because of information. Otherwise, we'd just read a book and go, okay, cool, I'll apply all of that stuff, right? It's actually in the application of that information that leads to, oh my God, the transformation. It's like a haiku. And this absolutely applies for how we navigate through self-doubt. So if you've got a stack of self-help books, if you follow a lot of therapists and coaches on Instagram, that kind of thing, and you're feeling really frustrated that somehow you haven't been able to make the changes that you are wanting to, then there's a really good reason for that. And that is that we need more than just new information. So this is what self-belief school is all about, right? This is an entire program that is a new methodology for coaching with self-doubt. And yes, I've totally had to work through my own doubts to be able to claim that. But I really wanted to share these three features of the program with you and why this leads to transformation, why it's not just a nice chat or new info that you may not have considered. The three features I want to share with you, the first one is the protector. So if you're interested in exploring this, please do go and get an instant replay of that workshop that I ran last week. So the protector is the way I characterize self-doubt. It's the part of the psyche that literally protects us from repeating past hurts, painful experiences, and even trauma. So you can start to think of your self-doubt as a bit like a smoke detector. It's sort of scanning the world for the risks we are sensitive to, and it will find any way it can to hold us back. So it's really sophisticated. It gets really sneaky, right? And mainstream thinking about self-doubt is that it's this self-sabotaging inner critic, 
right? It's the mean bully inside of us that tells us all the ways we're flawed or undeserving or incapable. And the main approaches to deal with this from therapy, from coaching, is, you know, to either dismiss it or ignore it or infantilize it. And I've been taught this by every single coaching and therapeutic training I've been to. And it always annoyed me because I didn't have, I don't have that inner monologue. My self-doubt does not show up as a voice that is mean to me. It's mostly body sensations. I call it the gut clutch. It's a sort of weighted, constricted feeling. It's like, oh, something is wrong. And I also tend to see a lot of images in my imagination, usually catastrophizing a kind of worst case scenario. That's how my self-doubt kind of holds me back. That's how that smoke detector goes off for me, how that alarm goes off for me. And I can remember telling this to my academic supervisor when I was beginning my research into self-doubt and how my experience was feeling like it contravened everything that I was seeing from all of these studies. And she did this amazing thing where she validated my experience and said, this is worth exploring. And she pointed me at phenomenological research methods, right? Research methods that look into the whole experience of research participants that take into account things like our imagination, our body sensations. These are things that are quite difficult to study. And so not a lot of people conduct phenomenological research, but that was the nature of my master's dissertation. And then I spent eight years working with over 500 clients and I developed this protector model. I know I've just skimmed through that. Think of that as the montage scene, right? (laughs) That took a long time, but I've developed this protector model as a result of all of that work. And this is a matrix of these four key patterns of beliefs and behaviors that show us how our self-doubt is operating, helps us name it. And importantly, experiment with interventions that are proven to gently expand our tolerance for the risks we're sensitive to. So this is the thing. Our self-doubt is not this one thing. It is a matrix. It shows up for us in very original and unique ways because we have all had original and unique experiences of self-doubt. So if this sparks your interest and you're like, I really want to see just how sophisticated my self-doubt is, then this program of Self-Belief School has this model at its core. And you can get that information by having a look at the free workshop. Okay, the second feature I want to talk about is our focus on healing the root causes of self-doubt. So this protector, this matrix of beliefs and behaviors that form these patterns over time, These are formed in the moments when there was often heightened emotion and we felt the least resourced. All the things that activate our self-doubt right now in our lives, the risk of judgment, of being criticized, of experiencing disappointment or being disappointing, the risk of failure, of embarrassment, of being overwhelmed by complexity, all of these things that 
activate our self-doubt, they're all here for a damn good reason. They can be traced back to a root cause 100% of the time. And healing those root causes is not about changing what happened, of course, right? It's not about sending positive vibes back in time. (laughs) It's about widening our understanding of what happened from a more emotionally regulated, wider perspective, more resourced place. Healing looks different too. It's not a once and done process. It's it's not magical. But the way that I coach around this is that we get to take care of ourselves now in the way we needed then. And that is what heals us. That is what allows us to make new meaning from that past experience. The beauty of this work is that by doing this, we get to grow our self-concept in the process. So I want to share with you a a client story. I'm going to leave the person's name anonymous and she's given me permission to share this, but I think it's a beautiful example of how healing the root causes of our self-doubt can transform us. So I worked with this client, a woman a few years ago who was struggling to maintain adult friendships. She found she could only go so far with people before she'd sort of find something wrong with them, right? And there'd be a conflict or she would decide they've let her down in some way and she would end it. Ghosting people, finding a way to blame them for why it couldn't continue, sometimes instigating a conflict. And all of this was a real source of pain for her because she wanted soulful female friendships, absolutely longed for that. And yet she seemed to be sabotaging herself as soon as she came close to this thing that she yearned for. And she was so frustrated with herself ashamed that she kept ruining these friendships and also had a ton of I don't know dread that this was just who she was right and so that is the context of our of our coaching work and we spent a few months working together my approach is always how is this protection how does what you're doing make complete sense in your world and notice how different this ethos is to the one that says, well, clearly you're sabotaging yourself. Because the first thing that happens when your coach agrees that this is sabotaging behavior is that you're both very invested in changing your behavior, right? My approach to this is, well, you already know that you want to change. That's clear. This isn't working for you. That's why you've sought out a coach. But what you don't know, probably, is why you can't seem to change, why you keep returning to this pattern. You don't really know how to get out of that or how to be different. So when we both, you and I as the client and coach, get curious about this as a protective pattern, to me there's no question that you're doing something wrong. You're you're not doing anything wrong. You're doing something that creates safety, right? And that's all that your self-doubt tells me is you've found really effective ways to create safety. So my approach is always, let's try and understand why this pattern feels necessary, relevant, alive for you right now. What caused this pattern? Where are the roots of it? And often the root causes of our self-doubt lie somewhere under our conscious awareness. So it can take time to pull this apart a little bit. What we found with this client that I'm sharing her story of She'd had past friendships where there was some bullying at high school. 
She'd had a flatmate who slept with her boyfriend, a flatmate who was also a good friend who slept with her boyfriend. These instances alone would have provided ample fuel for that protective pattern to start to feel necessary, for that to become a sort of default way of being in the world in her friendships. But my client was saying, well, I kind of get that that happened. I'm okay with that. She could talk about it with some perspective and some humor and understanding. We knew it wasn't that. And so now we're about three or four sessions in. she's beginning to get into the process of experimenting with new friendships, practicing healthier beliefs. She's also becoming quite fascinated about the root causes. And then she misses a session and then reschedules another. And we don't see each other for a few months. Christmas happens. She goes home to her family and we meet again in early January. And she's had this revelation, this breakthrough. Her sister had returned from a few years of traveling for Christmas and they'd reconnected over the break and really talked. And she said, I've had this new understanding of the root cause. So her older sister had survived an eating disorder, quite a severe eating disorder in her teenage years, something that my client had mentioned in passing. But she loved her sister. They were quite close, even though they hadn't spent much time together over the last couple of years because her sister lived in Australia. And my client was realizing just in our work together how traumatizing it had been to watch her sister go through this, to watch her diminish herself. And she remembered feeling so angry at her for not eating this basic human thing. It seemed so simple that this would resolve all the family tension, all the rows that were happening, just eat. But my client felt there was nowhere for her anger to go. She'd felt the need to be the kind of good daughter to not make things worse. Her sister was even hospitalized for a time and she said it was terrifying to think that she might die. She'd never thought that this was the root cause because it didn't happen to her, it happened to her sister. She loved her sister. How could these protective patterns of not letting anyone in be related to that experience? But she'd had this moment of real clarity and connection saying, well, those two to three years when her sister was going through this was so formative. She had decided to not get too close to anyone to protect herself. And she could see all of these other patterns that were things that she'd brought up in our coaching sessions, how much responsibility she took on generally, not really trusting anyone to ask for help, how this was showing up in her life still. And she was able to see there was a piece of the jigsaw that made sense, that she made sense, that her protective patterns were so bloody sophisticated. She'd even hidden them from herself. And now that she could see that protective pattern, that it made total sense, she said, I'm amazed that something shifted for me. I don't feel the need to do that. Like I can really see how this works. And this is what happens, I think, when we start to heal the root causes is the need for that protective behavior, those protective beliefs, they diminish. Sometimes they go away completely. And it means things like willpower, mindset work, behavior control, none of it's really necessary. I have found this time and time and time again, is that when we heal the root causes of our self-doubt, the necessity for our self-doubt 
starts to change its shape. So the third way that this is very different from mainstream coaching is the focus on developing what I call the healthy adult self. So this is how I characterize the relationship we have with ourselves, right? The way we speak to ourselves, the way we treat ourselves. It's really the only constant through our whole lifetime. And so in my approach to coaching, we focus on building a relationship with ourselves that's rooted in compassion and it operates as a kind of ideal internal caregiver. So the healthy adult self is the part of us that has access to key resources, self-belief, self-acceptance, self-worth and self-trust. And all of these resources are able to be developed. And I've got really specific ways to do that. It means that as the healthy adult self kind of grows, we feel safer in ourselves to be ourselves, to have our own back no matter what life throws at us. And this means that that protector has way less work to do. So these are the three ways that self-belief school is really different to any other coaching approach. And, you know, I've talked a lot about the content, right? These three key approaches, but it's not just the content. It's the way that this work unfolds for you. It's the process, right? So any kind of coaching intervention, therapeutic intervention has the content and it has the process. So the first thing is that there is no freaking rush, right? This process takes time. It's a developmental activity. So that's why the Self-Belief School program is a year. It's a year long. And of course, you can renew at the end, right? But this means we can go deep. I'm going to share some really key ways to help you heal the root causes of your self-doubt, to untangle from these protective patterns and to grow and develop your internal resources, those really healthy adult resources. And we're just going to repeat these tools. It's deep because you're going to get so good at knowing your protector and your healthy adult self. And this means that the way you see yourself and what is possible for you changes. So that's a key part of this is it's deep because it's not a volume of information. It's the value of it that I'm focused on. We're just going to keep repeating really awesome tools that will support you. And the second thing I really want you to know is that inevitably there's going to be setbacks and obstacles. Your resistance is going to kick in. Your self-doubt's probably going to come up quite a lot. And that's totally understandable and all part of the process and nothing's gone wrong. You don't need to do anything perfectly for this to help you. And that's why I'll be coaching you all year. It's why as you learn the core curriculums, you're going to work with a self-belief coach in a really small group. Those coaching circles are so key, right? We need safe, brave containers. We need those places, those holding places where we can take all of our setbacks and obstacles and resistance and feel safe to say I freaking hate this and I don't want to do this and I can feel my protector is kicking in and I'm fed up and you can bring that and you will be supported to make sense of it and the other container I want you to know about is the self-belief school playbook this is a 150 page journal for you to completely reflect on your experience of the program. It's going to guide you through it. There are coaching templates in there, coaching tools, templates are all in there. Key reflection questions are in there. It's all linked to the video lessons, 
to your coaching circle work. It's the kind of personal self-reflection place where you get to create your own container for yourself. By the time you complete the playbook, you will be different. So I want you to come along and check this program out. Even if you've had coaching before and it hasn't, quote, worked for you, if you've had coaching and you've loved it, but self-doubt is still holding you back, this is for you. If you're just ready to see where you could really show up, go all in and see what's possible, this is for you. Or if you want to play on your growth edges, this is for you. So enrollment is open until the 18th of September. We will complete the core curriculum at the end of November. We'll have a little break over the Christmas period. And right through 2023, we'll be revisiting everything you've been practicing. We'll be looking at self-doubt around your goals, your body, your money. I'm going to see if I can sneak in a special class on relationships. We're going to have some guest experts and some ways to reuse these core tools again and again. Who could you be in 2023? (laughs) I know that's such a cheesy thing to say, but look, it's time. It's your time. If If it feels like, yep, it is my time, then come along, have a look. It's my absolute labor of love to support you. I can't wait to see who you're going to become. Hey, if you're ready to explore more about your self-doubt, I want to invite you to take the self-doubt archetypes quiz. It's totally free and you'll uncover your particular flavor of self-doubt. It turns out self-doubt is not this amorphous cloud of woe. There are 12 different types of self-doubt and finding out yours is the first step to getting a handle on it. Just head over to www.sasspetherick.com backslash archetype for all the details.